I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action like we used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their third year as official car partner of the GEA, Renault is offering a range of special offers exclusive to all GEA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out Renault.ie forward slash GAA to find out more. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. A grain, all right. A grain, all right. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on. Hello everyone, you're very welcome to the Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show sponsored by Renault. My name is Paul Rouse and I'm joined by the former Armagh footballer Oisín McConville and by the former Kerry footballer and manager Eamon Fitzmaurice. In the late evening after Tyrone beat Donegal in the Ulster semi-final, I got a text from my good friend from OMA, Larry Strain, the manager of the OMA football team. It simply said, Monaghan, Kerry, Mayo, Sam. Now, I laughed when I got the text and I pitied the fool and I sent him back an unrepeatable text in reply. But Larry's text now reads like a poem and it turns out that Larry is a bit of a visionary and I should have been paying more attention to him over the last few decades. So, Oshin, I want to start with you with a very simple question. When did you realise that Tyrone were going to win the All-Ireland Football Championship? Just thinking, the pity you hadn't shared that uh, text message with, with, uh, with myself and Eamon and a few of the boys. We've got to get our predictions maybe a little bit. Yeah, small better. bit better. <laughs> but yeah, a small bit better. Um, i tell you the truth, uh, Paul. At the time, when I watched the match, believe it or not, I just kept saying to myself, Mayo's going to have a purple patch. Mayo will start, you know, completely destructing this uh, throwing defence and start picking off scores at will. And I wasn't sure if that was going to win them the game, but I was sure it was going to go right down to the wire. And you have to go back. Oh, sorry, I had to go back and I had to watch it again to realise that all things being equal, it was a fairly comfortable win. Um, from for Tyrone, even though they really struggled to score um, at all, and they had some chances at the start of the second half. But uh, I think when McShane's goal went in, I think that for me was I didn't think there was any way back. I think it gave uh, Tyrone the opportunity to 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 shore up the defence and uh, make sure they didn't give away any goals. And again, you know, it's a it's a. It, it was just a masterclass in, in seeing out a game, I thought. Uh, the one thing when you're thinking Mayo's going to get back into the game and it's going to become uh, a bit more tattered than it already was, the one thing you think is visions of Donegal game, 
divisions of the Monaghan game and the Kerry game where towards the end of the game they're able to to break a pace like a couple of times they did it against Monaghan should have ended up with goals one of the occasions was the one where Bagan comes in uh, takes strips the ball off Matty Donnelly um, so you think they're going to get some breakaway scores so you think that Mayo need to be well up in the game uh, the stats were after the game were pretty mediocre in, uh, on both sides um, as far as well I say mediocre more or less true to form of most uh, you could be reading the stats almost from any sort of game um, over the last 12 months more or less um, the one that stands out for me is the is the Mayo uh, scoring chances uh, they had 48 attacks 31 shots and ended up with 15 points it's not even 50 percent that's nowhere near where you need to be um thrown were were marginally better um in that area but also i just thought uh, the forwards just showed a lot of class um i think in a team where there's a nice spread of scores i still think you need one forward that's going to score quite heavily uh, McCurry finished with 1-4 and uh, for me that was more or less uh, the difference between the two teams um, I know we'll, we'll get on to talk about Mayo later but uh, Throne looked like a team uh, who are going to follow their plan right through to the end regardless of uh, what the situation was, uh, how many goals chances they coughed up, whatever they were just going to see it out in, in the fashion that that, uh, that had done them no harm up to now so uh, yeah it was, let's face it like only for Ronaldo scoring two on, on Saturday was a dark day for anybody from Armagh <laughs> um, you didn't go to the homecoming, Oshin, by any chance? Did you? Was it a good evening? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't make the homecoming, but uh, it was in the Armagh City Hotel, believe it or not, in Armagh City. So there you go. Did every chance, so Eamon, um <laughs> When did you realise that Tyrone were 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 about to win or going to win? I think after the second goal, Paul, I said that's it for Mayo because before that, similar to Oshin, I expected that there would be some response from Mayo. Um, you know, in the <clears throat> semi-final against Dublin, I think they were still five down well into the 62nd, 63rd, 64th minutes and they rallied. Um, so I expected something from them. But again, when you look back at it, you know, who was going to rally for them at that stage. And, you know, it was a big difference that when you have Derek Hanavan and Kyle McShane coming in to see out the game for you, Mayo didn't have that quality and calibre of player to come in and, and drive it on late in the game for them. So um, I think when the second goal went in, that, that was it. I knew that uh, Tyrone were going to see it home from there. It, it's interesting, though. I know, Oshin, you were saying that... that Tyrone were it was a comfortable win for them but Mayo had four brilliant goal chances and we're not talking about half chances but full-on kind of you're bullying if you miss them type of chances Aidan O'Shea and Connor Loftus in the first half Tommy Conroy and Ryan Donoghue in the second half we're not even talking about other chances like the foul on the edge of the penalty area Brian Walsh going through where there was a slip pass for another goal so but four real chances yeah I know the, 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 the missed chances were incredible um the the Aidan O'Shea one, people keep telling me it's an open goal. Like, like I don't know if there's anybody stronger physically and and definitely physically in the, in the GA. And uh, like he sh- 
like he had this perfect opportunity to put McNamee in his arse and and, just and go. go on ahead, go on ahead and finish the game. But look, it was it was just really poor football. It was really poor football at the top of the, at the top end of the field. Uh, the decision making was 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 really poor. Um, and when you consider uh, that they that they had the opportunities, I think that makes it uh, even worse when you consider that how Tyrone you know seen out the last uh, seven or eight minutes of the game. But I, I think the the goal chances you know were as you say were guilt edge, edge chances. We're not touching at straws, thinking you know that there was a half chance here or a half chance there. Um, the penalty situation is another one. Um, I've been in that situation and missed one at that end of the that end of the pitch. Eamon was there uh, that day. I missed one on that side of the pitch, but uh, I've never seen O'Donoghue uh, take the stuttered run up before. Uh, he usually just he just steps up. He's hugely confident uh, in the way he talks away penalties, but. Look, it just it just it just didn't seem they didn't see they didn't seem of the same energy or anything else. Like regardless yeah. of the goal chances, like it just didn't seem as if the you know the energy was there. And I think it wouldn't have took a big pile more to make a, a serious game of it. If we if we talk, Eamon, about the difference in Tyrone this year compared to previous years, what actually what what changes did the management make? Yeah, I, I think they made a couple of changes. I suppose just talking about the goal chances as well, Paul, I just felt that, similar to what Oshin said there, just the decision-making and the skills of the Tyrone players when it came down to the goal chances, they were better. Um, the thing I spotted when I was watching it back last night, when Con Kilpatrick actually catches that ball, and I think the lads referred to it in the Saturday game, the night show, the coverage about not taking the mark. But if you actually watch back, Derek Hanavan roars at him as he catches the ball. And I'd say he's selling him play on, you know. And uh, now maybe Con Kilpatrick would have anyway. And Derek Hanavan, to- Tony, Tony Lean referenced it in his piece as well. The run that he makes in the lead up to the goal to attract uh, the, the Tyrone defenders to open it up for McCurry. Whereas, you know, normally a forward is saying, I need to get in in the end of this and score. It was just brilliant playing the smarts and the two late scores that they got as well. Uh, Derek Hanavan's point, it was a left-handed punch over the bar. McCurry's point, it was a right-handed punch over the bar. Their skills and those fundamentals were just on the money. Whereas the Tommy Conroy shot, we'll say for argument's sake, it was a poor skill execution and Aidan O'Shea was wide open in the middle for one of those pamins. So... You know, when you're talking about the differences and the margins, though, it still comes down to your skills and getting the fundamentals right uh, with your decision making. But in terms of the difference, I think the big difference for me is just that they've done away with permanent sweepers. Um, their help defence, I referenced it in my own piece this morning, I think is just outstanding. It's at a really high level. Yeah, what do you mean by a help defence? I mean that they're, what they're, they're marking men but then when there's danger, they're identifying where the danger is. They're getting there fast in twos, in threes. They know when to leave their men. They know when to go to the point of danger. And when they get, when they leave their own men, you rarely see them getting cut out in an overlap. Um, takes a huge amount of coaching, huge amount of communication, huge amount of trust, huge amount of individual and collective game smarts. And, uh, 
you know, the, the whoever was doing that coaching, whether it was the two lads themselves or Joe McMahon or um, Don Lee or Colin Holmes or whoever was doing it, it, they were really well coached in that regard. And it's it's hard to get that right. It was something we were working on my last year and we didn't quite get it to the level, um, the Tyrone level that was shown at the last day. And it was, it was something we were trying to do. So I appreciate how difficult it is to do that. And it was... Uh, very impressive. I think that was one big thing. Obviously, the going long from kickouts and uh, being willing to kick the ball more is a big change. And I think, as well as giving them um, a different type of structure, it meant that they had energy at the end of the games. The, the, the way that they played in the closing years of the Mickey Hart era against the better teams, it was an exhausting game to play, getting so many bodies back then trying to counter-attack with the same bodies up and down the field all day. In the last 10 minutes, they often ran out of juice. It was just impossible to sustain that against the top teams, against the easier teams, it was, or against the teams that they'd be expected to beat, it was a bit easier because they were able to keep them pushed in and they weren't up and down the field as much. But against the better teams, they were up and down the pitch so much. They, they were worn out by the end of games. That's when the mistakes crept in that's when they lost games. So I think that's been a big change as well. Um, while they've been subtle changes, they've had a huge impact on them. Oshin? I just think that the, that the intent was there to, to make bigger changes. And I think they realised that they're probably run out of te- running out of time. When you consider, um, you know, I suppose after the Cavan game, which a game they would have expected. But the funny thing is that, Calvin's setup against them was was actually perfect and caused them problems for fifteen or twenty minutes, but they just Calvin just didn't have the bodies and the and the expertise and the panels to see the game plan through. But there was definitely a blueprint there um, as far as competing and 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 getting on top of them. But uh, I think I think when you change the intent, I think it becomes a freshness with 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 the setup first and foremost. I think there's a lot more leeway uh, with the setup as far as maybe um, what's going, what goes on after games or, or or between games, and and I think there's more of an ownership now. I think with with what uh, is happening in Tyrone as far as the input of players, I think there's a lot more communication between um, players, management. Uh, there's a lot of buffer zones there between. Uh, Doer and and uh, and Logan and, and the rest of the boys. You've got Collie Holmes. You've got Joe McMahon. Um, you've got Pete Donnelly, who have all uh, you know played at played at, at a high level. Some of them would have played with, with Peter Hart. Um, you know what I mean? So there is a buffer zone and there's a communication there that maybe maybe uh, wasn't there beforehand. And I just think that. When a new manager comes in, there is it brings excitement. It doesn't really matter who it is, but it brings excitement because there's because there's you, the tendency is that there's going to be new things happening. Training changes a little bit. The structure changes a little bit. You know what's expected of you changes a little bit. You know, like like they they've shown faith in Darren McCurry. They played him in every game. They've never taken him. They've never taken him off, and that's exactly what he needed. They just said, "Listen, Darren, you're our man, um, and we're going to see it through with you." Um, and that's exactly what they did. And uh, let's face it, you know, they pinned their hopes on somebody who has huge quality and has delivered for them uh, time and time again. I still think that at, at the end of the day, when 
uh, within the GA, I see a lot of players who are who who are heavy scores the whole way up, get to senior level and want to be a creator. I still think the room for some lad who's just out and out selfish, uh, you know, who just wants to get scores and and he sorted out the the free taking problem as well. I mean, like I said last week, don't keep repeating it, but I said last week about uh, about the average from other their um, stats from freeze. You know, we're down at 40%, now they're up at 90 Like, you know what I mean? That's that's an unbelievable turnaround. And that's just one of the small fundamentals. But look, at it's it's a massive thing. And, uh, you know, when, you know, you're in that situation, uh, you get fouled, you kick the ball over the bar, and you're able to put a little bit of pressure on the opposition kickouts from those set-piece plays. I just, it just makes a world of difference. And it just it's another small piece of the jigsaw. And I think they've got a lot of those pieces uh, correct, but I just think I uh, just a renewed enthusiasm. Players just wanted to play, and we're playing in different roles, and and uh, and they just mix it up a little bit. There was nobody seemed to be on the major constraints. I mean, the full back lane was was able to get up and get sco- and get scores. I'm not saying that you know in the previous regime that they were told they weren't allowed to get up and get scores, but probably um, because of the way they played, maybe there wasn't that oppor- that opportunity wasn't as plentiful. But um, certainly, you know, they seemed like a team that was that just that. I think they're a team who who we watched. I said it on on Saturday night. I think they're a team that we watched grow <laughs> during an All Ireland final. Believe it or not, you know what I mean. I still think that you know the there's. They're not. I don't think they're the finished article by any manner of means, but I still think that they were a team who are who will continue to improve. And and as I say, we watch them improve. And a lot of teams, as a, as a team, you don't get that opportunity to win all Ireland while you're still, you know, in what do you want to call a transition or or change or um and still in the in the stages of improvement. Not a lot of teams win the all Ireland like that, but um, I still think that that. There's, there's probably more to come from from, from Tyrone, as in, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of areas that I still think that they, they can improve on. Eamon, there's a thing that Brian Duher said yesterday or Saturday about why wait a year or two is what he was thinking. Is this idea of, like, let's go after this in the first year. And almost always that's, it, it doesn't seem plausible, but it make, there's, a, there's a sense to that first year of management being being a real real opportunity. A hundred percent, Paul. Sure, we we would have been the same in my first year. When we came up short. You know, you're absolutely going to be going all out first. What's the point in being there otherwise? Um, you know, I think in fairness to bro, both uh, Brian Dewar and Fergalo, and they have uh, a very good balance of humility and confidence. And uh, if if you have that as the two main leaders of a group, you're you're in a good place straight away. Now Mickey Hart was the very same. He was very, he was humble, and you know he would have been confident in his own abilities. But um, in terms of having two leaders like that in charge of a group, that's going to promote growth straight away. Uh, but absolutely, I w- you'd expect nothing else from Brian Doerr. He's he you know he he's played in three All Ireland finals. Well, he played in four, I suppose. He played in 95 as well um, and won three of the four. Uh, you know, he would have looked at the players at his disposal. He would have known them well from the under-21 time and he would have said, look, we have a group here that's capable of doing something. And, um, you know, particularly with the straight knockout, it was going to mean that if one of the other big teams had a blip, they weren't going to get another uh, bite at it. And uh, in fairness to them, they were 
they were excellent, you know, when you look back at it all the way through the championship. Both of you have used a series of words there to describe Tyrone over over the last 15 minutes or so, and you've used the word smart, and you've talked about game sense, and you've talked about decision-making. Is that something that can be coached, or is it something that players, it's almost innate to a player, that they develop it themselves? Um, it both, I'd say, Paul. I think, look, the more innate players that you have that are going to make the right decisions, the better. Uh, but in terms of the way that you're training, in terms of the way you analyse games afterwards, uh, highlighting to players how they could have made a better decision, when they do make the better decision the next time, reinforcing it and show, showing them making the right decision. Uh, you can certainly coach it and work on it, but like you know, like what Derek Hanavan did for the second goal, that's an ace, and uh, it's 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 pretty hard to coach that. Um, you know what Connor McKenna did for the second goal is an ace. You can you can get it into a fella, but to do it uh, under those circumstances, um, that's you know that that is a, that that is a top player. Uh, but certainly you can absolutely coach for us. And I think the thing that any coach should say, there's no problem making mistakes, but making the same mistakes all the time is the thing that would drive you insane. And you do come across players like that, that no matter how many times you show them something or you tell them to do it a certain way or you advise them to do it a certain way, when it comes to the crunch, they're still going to make the same mistakes. So, um, you have an ace, you've coachable, and you've uncoachable, Paul. How's that? <laughs> and what is the answer with the uncoachable? <laughs> Get rid of him. <laughs> um, no, look, I think uh, the uncoachable is often going to bring other strengths. And yes. is, is it the coach's job then to make sure that you're using them in a situation and in a manner that gets the most out of them? And I think, again, that's a big part of coaching and management that you look at what they can do rather than what they can't do. And if you can do, if you can get the most out of what they can do, oftentimes they'll certainly be able to perform some role for you. What do you think, Oshin? Yeah, I think the, the, there's, there's a lot of game intelligence there. I think uh, there's, there's a, a lot of that middle eight have come through, um, I've come through di different styles of coaching, I suppose. They've experienced different styles of coaching. Um, there's a couple of them would have played on the Paddy Tally uh, for that Sigerson Cup team. And uh, they were coached to it in an inch of their lives uh, to, in order to in win St. Mary's. Was that yeah, within St. Mary's? Yeah, they were in St. Mary's. And like as I say, they were coached within an inch of their life. I think the, the one that stands out for me is the McShane one. Um, and the reason why that is because he, he was a, 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 a traditional walking uh, wing half forward. Uh, somebody who went to the fence, linked the play. They, they tinkered with him in the middle of the field. Uh, to be honest, when I when I first looked at him at that stage, like like I wouldn't say uncoachable, but let's he was raw. And uh, and like the way he's turned his game around and, and ended up one of the top forwards in the country and 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 a free taker. I mean, like that's that's an unbelievable turnaround what he has done. Um, but I just think that the majority of those guys uh, are coachable, and I think that they've seen different varieties of coaching. As I say, a lot of them have been coached by Paddy Talley to win an inch of their life, and had to be um, in order to you know the collective. That was what won the the Masikers and Cup was that collective. 
you had you had McGeary, you had Myler, you had you had McShane, uh, one or two others. So, uh, you know, they've experienced that. Um, a club football in Jerome would be um, highly competitive. Uh, you're talking about all well-coached, well-drilled teams. So this is nothing new to them. They're not going into a county setup and it's, it's like, whoa, you know, too much information. Like they, they're the sponges for that information, and uh, they have, they have with with Collie Holmes in particular. Uh, I think they have somebody who 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 thinks about the game um, in a way that suits uh, the way they want to play football. And as much as you know, Carol Kane did a piece in the paper and uh, the Irish News uh, last week, and he talked about he basically rubbish the claims that. You know that they had suddenly turned into a kicking team. That they had kicked the ball twice as much on the Mickey Hart, and all those sort of things. But but that's that's different. Football has changed a little bit, but also, uh, as I say, the intent. Okay, the first two balls that they got against Monaghan, they just launched them in on top of Matty Donnelly, and he scored a point. And uh, Monaghan for the rest of that, that kept Monaghan honest for the rest of that game. And and uh, and so the. Teams knew that the intent was there. It's very easy if it's continuous running game. It's very very easy to mark. Like even the one Connor Myler kicks in on top of McShane. Like a lot of time that ball is turned over. And I and I think twelve months ago or eighteen months ago, the tendency would have been to recycle the ball and hold on to it. And and I think they picked their opportunities. And that's why on Saturday evening when Ryan O'Donoghue for his performance in the final was getting a, a little bit of stick. At least he was trying things. Do you know what I mean? And they didn't always come off and he didn't have a he didn't end up having a great game, but he was trying things and, and it was gonna take somebody to break away from the norm for Mayo to, 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 to do that. But Tyrone had players that were able to do that. Like uh Eamon's after highlighting, you know, a couple of little nuanced things that they did, the runs, uh, the vision from McKenna. Um, Canavan's Canavan's point, you know, McCurry settling for a point. All those little things, you know, uh, add up at the end of a game, and and I think the smarts all lay with uh, with Tyrone as far as uh, the way they constructed their performance. It wasn't perfect, as I already said, but uh, the way they constructed the performance and like for a long time, for eleven minutes, there was no real rhyme or reason to what was happening in the game. And then all of a sudden, the first piece of set play of football was when Tyrone got everybody back, turned over the ball, went up the top of the field and scored a point. And you go, right, that's, you know, Tyrone are now in, in a zone where, in a comfort zone where, you know, they'll love if, if, the, if it keeps materialising like this. I never dreamt that it would, but uh, that's the way it sort of materialised from now. And the other thing, O'Sheen, and the McShane goal for Myler to put in the ball is that if they were playing with their sweeper slash double sweeper system, Mayo would have had a body there. But the fact that, you know, that they, that they were playing man and man at the back, obviously they were still getting bodies back, tackling back and helping, but there wasn't a permanent sweeper there for Mayo then. So again, there's all these little knock-on effects all over the pitch. The ball, Myler might have looked in and the ball wouldn't have been on, whereas a one-on-one situation was there because... They couldn't have the permanent sweepers stationed there. So I think, again, like you said, that word intent, it's it's a great way of looking. When you change your intent and you change your whole attitude, it, it, it changes everything, really. And the one, that, the one Paul, that, that Eamon's talking about, about the help defence, uh, Conroy loves the lane. He loves, he loves trying to get 
to get down the lane. He turned uh, McNamee a couple of times, tried to get down the lane. And you see, whether it be Frank Burns, whether it be Milo, whether it be Sludden, when he turns back, he's in trouble straight away and he's having to put the ball in the ground to try and kick it out to the wing. And um, and like it's 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 soul-destroying when you're playing against that. And they'll let you know about it, believe me. They'll they'll let you know that they've just turned over the ball and you get a wee push and you get all those things. And and uh, that's where it, that's where it's their defensive play and their, and their turnovers is where they, where I know we've said it over the last couple of weeks, but that's where they really get their energy from. And uh, when you see that at the top end of the field, you realise that we're going to get you're going as a forward, you're going to get more chances maybe than you than it. that's another thing. You know what I mean? I, I remember you know people talking about Dublin, particularly in the Baron Brogan era. About you know, I did a comparison one time with Baron Brogan and Conor McManus, and I think Baron Brogan got uh, one seven, uh, and I think he he had like tw- maybe fifteen sixteen chances. Conor McManus uh, was playing in Ulster uh, the same weekend and he got six points and he had six chances. Do you know what I mean? And that's just... And I think that the, the, the drone forwards are now... Uh, they, they had to be... Like, Darren McCurry was getting six chances in a game and maybe he was kicking three of them wide, three points, and all of a sudden he's been hauled off and his confidence was in his ankles. Now, he's getting a lot more chances and he's getting the opportunity to convert them. And uh, and when you get when you're like that as a forward, you know there's another chance coming along shortly. You're just not as anxious on the ball or anything else. And I think, um, I think that's that's definitely helped them as well. I, I think that I think you're right about team selection uh, as well in terms of leaving Darren McCurry in. But I also think where players were placed on the field was very very smart. Like I think Matty Donnelly's a really good footballer, and they worked inside for them. But when Matty Donnelly played out the field. I think he used to slow up their attacks an awful lot. He'd always take a player, he'd turn back inside and he'd beat a player. Whereas now, he, inside, when he does that, he creates a scoring opportunity, like the point he got for himself in, in, in the first half. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to trying to work out what to say about Mayo and been really struggling or what to ask about Mayo and really struggling to get the tone right on it because I think some of the things that have been written about one particular Mayo player and indeed about the general integrity or culture of the team. I just, I find them deplorable, to be honest. And I, I also find the whole Mayo bottled it analysis to be to be shallow. Um, but I am finding it hard to get the tone right. And if I'm really honest, it's because I'm disappointed for them and disappointed for Mayo people, disappointed for the players, disappointed for James Horn. But the simple truth is Mayo were not good enough on, on the day. And Eamon, in what ways were they not good enough? Oh, yeah. Look, I'm the same as you, Paul, to be honest. I've uh, been struggling. I don't know what to think if you're a Mayo player, if you're James Horn, I've been there. I felt very sorry for him, I have to say, on Saturday evening. Um, What did they get wrong? They didn't perform. They didn't, they didn't, uh, Tyrone had their, just look, when you win in All-Ireland, we're talking about the small details there from a Tyrone perspective. Tyrone Tyrone got all those right and they deserve huge credit for that. Mayo got the details wrong in turn. And a lot of it was their execution more so than anything else. And you can examine that inside out, upside down from their own perspective. Um, the one thought I did have about Mayo, and I've been, like I said, I've been struggling to think what can you actually say about them. 
in, well, in one way, they'd have been better off if Dublin had been beat, had beaten them because I think it's just repeatedly getting to finals and not seeing it out is the killer stuff. Um, when James Horn took over that team originally in his first stint, he transformed them from a team with a soft underbelly into a beast and a hard physical group that were hard, that were hard to get the better of. Obviously, until you get to an All-Ireland final has been their Achilles heel. So he realised at that time when he took over the team originally what was needed to take them from where they were, which was nowhere, to becoming this team that we know where they are now and they're so close to, to winning an All-Ireland. But there's a missing there's a missing link and there's a chink and he's a bright guy. Uh, he's going to have to try and figure that out. Because if they keep doing what they've done, they're not going to get there. And, you know, like you can talk about the technical side, you can talk about the lack of variety in attack. You can talk about the lack of a half forward line because they're up and down the field the whole time. You can look at all those things, but there's something else. There's something missing. And James Horne needs to figure that out this winter. What is that missing piece and that missing chink? And I think he can figure it out. But, um, until they do, they're not going to win the All-Ireland. Oshin, what is that missing piece? Um, I really don't want to go down the cliché route here. I, I do think that uh, when the shit was hitting the fan, I, I didn't see any of you particularly standing up. Um, well, Lee Keegan. Lee Keegan. Well, no, well, 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 I was going to get on to the point that, you know, it's okay having leaders uh, defensively, and I think they have a few. Stephen um, Cohn was really good. Yeah, Stephen Cohn was really good. But I'm not even talking about who was good and who, who wasn't really good. I'm talking about you know who consistently is going to lead you. I think Keegan, yeah, definitely he, he answers that call. I think Oshie Mullen is as that sort of ilk and O'Hara is something similar by just by the way by the by the way he does things. Uh, there's just like a, an heroic sort of uh, element to him. But I think you need the, the leaders need to be, you know, uh, in different different areas of the field, and I think whenever you, you know you are a little bit rudderless uh, from the middle of the field up, I think it takes somebody just to, uh, to 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 stop the play, to to have a word, to do whatever. I think Killian O'Connor definitely was a was a huge miss. Like everybody talked about, will he be a big miss because he's scoring heavily because of free kicks? Organization, purely and simply, you know, even just simply on the kickouts, you know, how good he is uh, and clamping that down um, and how much he leads uh, from that point of view. And I think uh, they just missed him as, as just one more outlet. Um, but I think I agree with what Eamon's saying. I think it, it probably runs a little bit deeper than that. And um, and the, I, I think the big thing when you know I've been I've only played in a couple of All Ireland finals, but you know in one of them we just we just failed to turn up purely and simply. We still could have won the game, but we purely and simply failed to turn up. And uh, and you have to look within. You have to you know stop looking over at the sideline. You have to look to what's going on in the pitch and what was going on in the pitch wasn't good enough. And there was nobody there to to call a halt and say, well, let's. You know, let's reset and let's and let's go again. There didn't seem to be any um, any point in the game where they had something planned that if you know if if the team gets on top of you, you know, um, let's 
somebody go down or let's slow the game down or whatever. I mean, Tyrone have that stuff off to a tee. It's small things. I just feel as if... I, I feel personally as if Tyrone are already working on the smaller things and maybe the smaller things come more naturally to them. I don't know. But I still think that Mayo are always intent on working on the bigger things and and have to work on the bigger things and, and some of the smaller things, the game management that that, that incorporate game management um, are being missed or maybe aren't being worked on as much. And again, for some people, that stuff comes fairly naturally. I would say that it comes very, very naturally. I think it comes first, actually, when you're talking about Jerome, but I think uh, that it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit behind the door whenever you're talking about teams like Mayo, to be honest. And maybe even Kerry, if you like. Well, Eamon. Jeez, <laughs> um, I think during my time we were being accused of being a very cynical team, so I don't know. I swear I'm not talking about your time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Oshin. Um <clears throat> Yeah, no, yeah. I look like I said. James Horn's a bright guy, and he—I think he's a good guy, and he's done a huge job. Um, he just needs to find that missing piece. Look, he—he he has New Zealand heritage. They were in a place as well once upon a time where they were missing that final piece as well, and when they got that piece right, they became unbeatable. So. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know other than that. I don't know. Like I, I think a word there's, Eamon, a, there's a word, Eamon, that I, I, I kept writing down. I watched the match again last night. I went through that. Went through the whole thing. The the one word that I kept coming up with was accuracy, and I I mean accuracy in shooting, but also accuracy in in passing, accuracy in the tackle, accuracy basically of execution. We've run too many Mayo players again when it came to the crunch. We're not accurate in what they were trying to do. Does that suggest that there's just a few of them just not good enough? And when you get, when the air gets thin, you can't afford to be carrying a couple. You can't at that level. Um, we used to have an expression one of the time, one of the years I was involved um, before the games when you want to keep the messages very simple, and it was accuracy and discipline put the opposition under pressure. And uh, if you have, you know. If you have accuracy in everything you do with the ball, you're very hard to play against because you're not giving cheap turnovers. If you have discipline when the opposition have the ball in terms of the way you're approaching the game, and if you have discipline with your game plan, you're very hard to beat. Um, Mayo, like, I think, again, it was another line that Tony had in his piece. He spoke about Mayo thrive in chaos, whereas Tyrone crave order. And Tyrone made sure that their order was on that game yesterday, whereas Mayo need that bit of chaos. And when a game becomes chaotic, like the semi-final, when it was wet, when it was frantic, they're brilliant in that. But when that isn't there, then have they a structure that they can rely on, particularly from midfield up? And I, I think in terms of the technical side of the game and the tactical side of the game that they can fix, that's certainly something that they can work on. Um, but it's, it's still probably a bit more than that. But to go back to your question, Paul, absolutely. Look, accuracy is huge. I referred to the Tyrone skill set earlier on. And, you know, to be a top inter-county footballer, it still comes back to getting those basic things right. 
that if you're kicking a ball 30 yards to a forward, it's a sympathetic kick outside him. It's hopping up to him. It's not at his ankles. It's not over his feet. You're not making him work for it. It's a hand pass. If it's if you're hand passing to your right side, you can use your left hand. Um, it's going to chest. So yeah, look there. It doesn't matter what level, whether it's schools or whether it's a club team. They're the things you need to get right. But the higher you go, the more important it is to have those basics on the money. I want to finish talking about this match. Uh, talking about Niall Morgan. I thought Niall Morgan was was absolutely brilliant. But in the first couple of minutes, he kicked a uh, he took a kick out and it didn't cross the the, the twenty one. It was it ended up in a throw in and the, the the crowd around were saying, "Oh, they've got him! They've got him now! He's under pressure straight away!" And he turned out to give a master masterful display. Oh, he must have been very close to being awarded man of the match. Yeah, um, yeah, he was he was definitely in the run, and there was there was uh, a few boys other than McCurry as well. Although I had nothing to do with with uh, picking man of the match. But who, who um, picked it? Who picked man of the match? Uh, Pat, Tomas, Sean, and Kevin McStay. So, uh, and you, you would would you agree? And Eamon right? Fitzmaurice as well. No, I'd no say. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, um, would you, would you yeah, pick Curry? Would I? Yeah. No, I probably would have picked Kilpatrick. To be honest, I thought yeah. uh, on a one-off performance, I thought he was he was outstanding. Uh, look at Milo was good. McGeary was was good. There was there was plenty of contenders. Hamsey was good. Um, but the the, the thing about uh, I might have even shared this before. Um, Neil Morgan's. Well, could have been his second game um, with uh, with Tony Yeah, up in Bally Buffet. Yeah. And he scored his first free and he gave it the old uh, uh, hand behind, hands behind the ears and, uh, and you know, uh, what do you think of that sort of thing? And he con- he continued to an absolute nightmare after that. He, he, he couldn't kick a bar, he couldn't hit a barn door. And uh, the more the game went on, the more it affected the other aspects of his game, as in, you know, his restarts and his his handling and everything. It just completely fell apart. And uh, he doesn't seem to get rattled with that anymore. And I think it has helped him that uh, Tyrone had the intent <clears throat> at different stages in different games that they were going along and they were prepared to lose it. And if they lost it, they lost it. I don't think they, they seem to get too bogged down in that. To go back to the conversation, uh, Paul, we had with, with Kevin Walsh when you know we talked about that overload kick out that, that uh, Galway used for years. Um, uh, Eamon, I think, against you, you boys maybe a couple of times as well. And, you know, I, I, we were talking about how many, you know, the raw stats would say we lost more than we won or whatever but the outcomes of those you know didn't really didn't really damage us that much and um, I think it was the same with Neil Morgan he sort of has a license but I think uh, there was a point in the game where he wins the ball as a basically a sweeper um, and he takes a solo and he, he bombs it 80 yards uh, into the full four lane because he'd recognised it was two on two in there and, uh, and as I say that's just that's a change of, of intent um, and it's also like a license to to, um, to make a mistake so I think 
uh, he's just matured and he's learned and you know he's he was originally like a, a majorly a soccer background and always he's always played GA but like it looked as if his future was going to be as a as a goalkeeper in the Irish league and uh, he he changed he changed that Mickey Hart took him in and and he's been ever present more or less since that but you know he's had some shaky moments along the way but hey. Goalkeepers are strange individuals. What goalkeeper hasn't had a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a meltdown at, at, at different times? But he seems to have sorted that out, and I think it's a lot of that is to do with uh, the license he's been given and and the role he's been given and the amount of times he was just that extra man just to pick up the ball, create an, an overlap and and run right the way up the top of the field. Whereas Mayo didn't have that outlet, you know. But he was very close to man of the match. He's also very close to being uh, player of the year as well. He was in the he was in the uh, the reckoning for that. Would you? Would you? Who did you think should have got Player of the Year? Do Do you agree with that one? Me. Uh, yeah. Who'd you pick? I picked McGeary. Yeah. Eamon? I picked McGeary as well, Paul. Yeah, but Nile Morgan had a massive year, and I think, look, like you said, what he's what's changed about him is that he's mature and experienced now. Whereas in the past, that little blip at the start might have impacted on him. Whereas now he's able to deal with it and he knows that, you know, goalkeeper is going to make a couple of mistakes. You're not going to win every kick out. But, you know, I, I, I made the point to my piece again this morning about the way that they've flipped the bias of going short versus long. They went long with 16 of their 25 kickouts and they won 12 of those, which was a huge percentage. But to go, to go long 16 versus going short nine, shows that they were, you know, they were going out and it wor- it worked. It worked very well. It hadn't didn't work against Kerry, hadn't worked in some of the earlier games and they tried it against Monaghan. But you could see at all times that the um possibility was there for what materialized um on Saturday, where that if they won it high up the field there and moved it away from there fast, there were scores to be got. And, you know, they got a the couple of points in the first half, but obviously the goal, what the goal was the one, and that's what they would have been training for and rehearsing and training all along. Like it's like when, when like I know when you talk about long kickouts, but his long kickouts, like yeah, it's, it's, it's landing the far forty-five in Crow Park. Like it's, it's like the range is is phenomenal. Well, but football, I was, I was at, that's a huge point, Oshin, yeah. because only three really in the country have that have that him, Began, and Sean Patton. No one else can get it that far. And that that is a game changer being able to get it that far because if it's still only landing, even in the opposition 65, it's a bit easier to deal with and it's not game over if you lose it. But when you can get it almost down to the opposition 45, it's it's huge. Like, And that's probably the kick out being brought out as far as the 20 as well. But... Uh, yeah, no, it's, and it's it's, it's caught on it's caught on already. I was at a club match last night and uh, it was a team <laughs> team playing and they kicked every single kick out long as long as they could kick it. So I but I have a question about this, and it comes back to the game smarts and game sense that we were talking about earlier. It seemed to me to be obvious by the first water break that that's what Tyrone wanted to do. I don't understand why Mayo didn't then flood the midfield and say to Tyrone, that's grand. We're not getting your short kick out off you anyway, so you can keep kicking it short if you want, but you're still going to have to play through us. So I, I, I genuinely cannot understand why they then didn't flood the midfield and say, fine, come up and play through us. We don't think you're Dublin. We don't think you're Kerry. You're not going to play through us. Yeah, no, valid point, Paul. And I look, I suppose Mayo have got such joy 
from pressing on the opposition kick out for a long time that they probably felt it would work. And again, if they were managing to win that breaking ball in the middle of the field and move it fast, they had plenty of bodies forward to get scores off. But, you know, like I said, winning 12 of 16 long kickouts gave Tyrone a massive platform in the right part of the pitch. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, you could argue that they should have started to withdraw, particularly their half-forward line, to, to really start getting out under those breaking balls and to crowd the area a bit better. Um, but uh, yeah, it's look, I've been there when. Yeah, it's, when it's easy to say from the sideline. Yeah, or day, everything like when you have the good day, it is as it is. It was for Tyrone the last day. Everything that you envisage beforehand comes off. Then when you have the bad day. And uh, you know, every, you know, nothing goes according to plan. And May, that was Mayo's point the last day. But I just, I uh, another thing on the on the Mayo side of things now. If we're just looking at them, is that their substitution seems to be. I, I thought their substitution was strange. It didn't seem as if at any stage, you know, there was a, a defined uh, role for a substitute to come in and just sort of change things. You just come on and they just they added. I didn't thought they added li- very little. The timing of the substitutions and then even some of the personnel that was coming on, I thought was a little bit strange. A little bit maybe he was trying to do something from left field just to maybe try and get them going, but uh, they didn't work either. If we leave it at that for in terms of this year, the one thing about sport is the wheel always turns and Mayo will have another chance next year and as as will every county in the country. I want to turn to next year's championship because it seems to be appropriate to do it two days after this one finishes and we talk about next year. Oshin, who will win the Ulster Football Championship next year? <laughs> Go on, man. Eamon, who will win it? That is there, that's if there is one. I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, the, the Ulster Championship in March you're talking about now is a part. Oh, the McKenna Cup yeah. type thing. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen here? You just would not know what's going to happen here. Um, yeah, no, I think Armagh will be in the conversation. We, we've been, we, have we backed against Tyrone all the way this year, lads? And they're all our. Oh, I went, I went, I went for them to win the Ulster Championship. We're going against as much as, as much as much as much as I get a huge amount of abuse on here. They're going to grow. The they're going to grow for that win, lads. But uh, yeah, I. I can't think that far down the road yet, Paul. We'd have to we'd have to see a bit of context first. Okay, well, well, let's let's imagine. Let's come at this differently then. Who'll win the All Ireland next year? Um, do you know what the best thing about it is? If you were asking us that question this time next year, we'd all, or this time last year, we've all been saying, "Look, Dublin are going to be there again. It's up to everyone else to come and take it off them." Whereas the conversation is broadened. Dublin love to see be back. Kerry will be back in the conversation. Tyrone are there. Our man Monaghan are going to find, and Donegal are all going to love a cut at Tyrone. Mayo will still be there. Can Galway improve from where they were this year? So you you certainly have Kerry, Dublin, and Tyrone are all going to be big time in the conversation. Then you have the Armagh, Monaghan, Galway uh, group. Mayo that are all going to be in the conversation as well. So instead of talking about one team, we're talking about four, five, six teams now, which is good. Usually when an Ulster team makes a breakthrough like this after a number of years, it's followed up by somebody else. We remember 91, 92, 93, 94, 2003, 2002, 2003. So um, I'll go for Kerry. <laughs> Eamon, have you been approached about the Kerry job? 
<laughs> this this was about the time uh, in the last podcast that you started setting traps for Jack Paul. <laughs> I said no trap. I asked, I asked simple questions. He was lovely and comfortable below in his house in South Kerry, chatting away, and he'd been very good. And the next thing, then he got himself into a world yeah. of bother. Um, I don't know. Look, they, no, I haven't been approached about the job, Paul. But uh, look, I think. From Kerry's perspective, it's been a, a kind of a messy couple of weeks with all the conversation that's been going on and everything else. And whatever happens, I hope it's started in the short term and it just allows, you know, people to bed down and get focused. We're, we're good at Kerry talking when there's a vacuum and there's a lot of that going on at the moment. So I think that vacuum needs to be filled. Do, do you fancy Kerry for next year? Oh, big time. Look, I mean... I've, I was thinking about the Kerry players on Saturday night. I was saying they lost an All-Ireland semi-final by a point to the eventual winners in a game that they would have felt they should have won. So they must have been hurting Saturday night. So, um, yeah, of course, Kerry are going to be big time in the conversation next year. But they have to get it over the line. And until you get it over the line, you know, we said it earlier on the time, the question marks are there until you get it over the line. But certainly the quality is there. Um Again, no more than Mayo. It's getting that final missing piece and that final percentage or a couple of percentage points that are going to get it over the line. But absolutely, the, the age profile is good. The quality is good. Uh, so we, we'd be hopeful about the future for sure. Yeah, and for, for now, we can say that Tyrone were worthy champions. And again, I'd like to offer my congratulations to Larry Strain for the quality of his uh, his prediction in getting there. Um. That's our last show for, for now anyway. I'd like to say thank you to Larry Ryan for running the podcast, to Raf Rocca for everything he does, to Tony Lean, to Reno and to everyone at Examiner Sport for making it happen. A special thanks to Eamon for, for joining us today. And of course to Oshin. It's been uh, it's been great fun all year. Uh, thanks very much and we'll thanks, be back. Paul. Thanks, Eamon. Thanks, Paul. See you, Oshin. With Reno, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. To know what's really happening, subscribe to the Irish Examiner today at irishexaminer.com forward slash subscribe. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.